One of the delights of French culture is enjoying the many types of cheese that can accompany dinner, not as an appetizer, but served on a sampler plate after the main course or as dessert. Wisconsin native Kathy Lyson loves cheese. She's written The Whole Fromage to teach us about the impressive variety of traditional cheeses in France. I've got a sampler plate of artisan cheese and crackers in front of me, and Kathy joins us to assemble a typical cheese course that can bring a taste of France to your own table. Kathy, bonjour. Thanks for having me, Rick. Kathy, do you know this feeling when you go into a restaurant and you've had a nice meal, and then you get this incredible, usually a woven or some kind of a nice organic sort of dish, and it's got this amazing variety of cheese, and it's laid out right in front of you by a beautiful local person who explains each one to you, and it's just like, oh, baby, this is the climax of the meal? Yes, absolutely. What is it like? I mean, the, the colors, the, the fragrance, the elegance, and the love that each cheese is described to you. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think that's one of the really wonderful things about France is, uh, you know, when you go into a French restaurant and you've, as you said, you've completed that meal and they bring out this wonderful cheese tray, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes tempt you with 20 or 30 different cheeses and then they'll have you select three or four um, and it's wonderful. Yeah, and it's it's an excuse for more wine, beautiful is, red wine. Yes. It's an excuse mm-hmm. for beautiful bread. It's an excuse to talk to the waiter or the waitress who just acts like cheese is sort of the definition of good living. <laughs> yes. It's the soul of the soil, as they call it in French. I, I love the way they have these, you know, the, the French will say, cheese is milk's leap toward immortality. I mean, yes. whoa. Uh, and of course, I'm always talking about my friend in Paris that says, oh, it smells like the feet of angels. These Parisians, it's like they're evangelical <laughs> right. about cheese. And when you they travel are. in France, I think it's a shame to miss the opportunity. It is. It absolutely is. How can we get the most out of our cheese experience when we go to France? Well, I think it's helpful to know at least a little bit about tasting. I myself, I tend to not be a super meticulous taster. The French take it very, very seriously, or at least they can. Um, And I think that that can be fun. And I think it's also fun to just eat the cheese and enjoy it. So however you want to approach it is fine. Although, again, it, it can be a good time to have at least a little bit of vocabulary and a little and a little bit of knowledge about how to approach it. Okay, well, let's let's just take this example here because I got to admit, I am so excited. We, uh, with your advice, we have bought some cheese. And I've got in front of me oh, five or six beautiful pieces of cheese here with crackers. And they've each got a name on them. And we've got Camembert, we've got Comte, we've got Forme d'Ambert, we've got Bouche André, and we've got Préféré du Fromis. Now, I don't know what those names all mean except for Camembert, but first of all, Help me organize this. When you're having a cheese course, what do you start with? Is there a, a proper order for all of this? Yeah, there, there definitely is. And the French are very clear that there's a proper order. <laughs> Which would I start with? Because I want to bite, first of all, while you're talking. What, yeah. what would the first one be? The first one that I would start with, uh, you always want to go from mildest to strongest. Okay. And typically, the goat cheese is always going to be the mildest on your plate. So I would start with the bouche cendre. Bouche cendre. Now, this has, um, oh, just a minute, I'm going to just put a little on here. And it's got, hang on. <laughs> Oh, that is that that's creamy, it's smooth, and it's it's got this layer of ash. I mean, it looks like somebody dropped it in a fireplace on the edge of it. Right. What's with that? Yeah, well, back in the good old days, they actually used to take ash from the bottom of the kettle that they had over the fire, and they would put that over the cheese basically to keep the flies off. Huh. Um, but yeah. I'm eating it now. Is, now it, is it good to eat? 
it is good to eat. It's absolutely good to eat. It's one of those coatings that can kind of scare Americans. It, you know, we're not used to seeing blackish looking cheeses, but mm-hmm. it's perfectly harmless. Um, these days it's sterile and factory produced vegetable ash. So Oh, so it's um, like it's made to order for this purpose here. They didn't roll it around ab- in the fire. Yes, absolutely. No, they did not. Mm. Now, this is a goat cheese. So you start with the goat cheese. Yes, start nice. with the goat cheese, and the, the bouche in the in the name means log, and then cendre means cindered. So it's a cindered log, and it's oh, from the Loire Valley. It's, it, it could look like a cinder. Now, there's different regions, so the Loire Valley would be, would it be known for goat cheese? It is, in fact, known for goat cheese, yes. Okay. And there's a very famous cheese there called Saint-Maur-de-Torraine, and that's what your cheese is based off. You don't have that exact cheese in front of you because the Saint-Maur-de-Torraine is AOC protected. It's um, got an appellation de origine contrôlée or an AOC distinction, so it's name-controlled, and they can't export it. Ah, so it's the same thing, but it's just from a different region, and legally they can't call it that, like champagne or something. That's right, exactly. Okay. You know, we have this ash covering here, and a lot of Americans are a little, like, not very confident about, do I eat the skin or not? You know, Because exactly. it, it looks, yeah. a lot of times it looks like you wouldn't eat it, but you do. How do you, What's your right. rule of thumb there for rookies when it comes to French cheese? When do I eat <laughs> the skin? So my rule of thumb is if it looks edible, go ahead and eat it. <laughs> and if it doesn't, don't. Although although hmm. that can be a little bit deceiving because the ash, you know, you, at first glance you would look at that and think no. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, another good rule of thumb is if it's a softer cheese, um, you can eat the rind often. Okay. If it's a harder cheese, it yeah. tends to be like a protective coating and they'll get shipped in that okay. and sort of handled in, in that rind so and you these, don't really want to eat that rind. This is basically the, the skin of a bunch of mold, right? It is, yeah. All right. Hey, now, we're doing this cheese course and I just did my goat cheese with the ash uh, covering from the Loire called uh, the cinder uh, log, bouche mm-hmm. cendre. What would the next mm-hmm. cheese be on my on my course? So next I would probably go to the camembert. Camembert. Okay, now we know what that looks Mm -hmm. like. It's got a typical round hockey puck kind of look, I guess. That's right, yeah. Okay, now I'm going to dig into that while you're talking, but tell us about camembert. Now, I can eat the skin on this one, obviously. You can, yes, you absolutely, and in fact, you absolutely should. It's kind of a waste to go ahead and scrape those rinds off the soft cheeses. Um, You lose half the cheese, for one thing. That's right. (laughs) Mm. It's a difficult task, and it's completely unnecessary. So the one that you have there, um, the French one you have is called le pommier, which Mm -hmm. means the apple tree, and it's comes from the calves of Hervé Mons, who is this famous French cheesemonger, um, and his calves are outside of Lyon. Calves? You're not talking um, cow, little baby cows. You're talking caves. Calves. I'm sorry. Yes, caves. caves. All right. So this is yes. made, made in a cave? It's aged in a cave. So what people like Hervé Mons do, he's called it what's called an affineur in French, or a cheese mm-hmm. ager. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't actually make cheese himself. He goes out and he finds makers who make really good cheeses, and then he takes them back and ages them to perfection in his cob. I'm talking with Kathy Lyson, and she's written a book called The Whole Fromage, and it's talking about the passion French people have for cheese. Kathy, when I'm thinking about eating this camembert right now, it's getting a little more stinky, a little more exotic, a little stronger. I want to take it one step further. I see we're progressing now, aren't we, from a relatively mild, smooth goat into the camembert. What would be next? We are. um, So the next cheese that I would suggest is the Comté, which is a hard cheese Ah, um, made in the Jura Mountains. Now, the Jura are near Switzerland. That's right. Uh And in fact, it's what's known as a Gruyere. People, of course, are familiar with Gruyere, Big G. Oh, this is like, it's like Swiss cheese without the holes. Sort of, yeah. Mm. (laughs) What we think of as Swiss cheese here in the U.S. is, you know, the Gruyere with the Big G. But Gruyere is actually a type of cheese in the way that cheddar is a type of cheese. So um, the Comte is a a type of Gruyere and just means Mm. that it's a a cheese that's been cooked and then pressed during its making process. Now, would this be more of an Alpine cheese? 
it's from the Jura, so it's not Alpen, but there's a wonderful Gruyere that the Alps are known for that's called Beaufort, which is okay. very similar cheese. And that's mm-hmm. because I, I know when you go into the Swiss Alps, they say, ah, Alpkäse, and then you can get young and old, and the older it gets, the, the sharper it gets until it's really an, an amazing yeah. strength. Yeah, and the one you have there is um, has been aged about 16 months, I do believe, mm-hmm. um, and probably has some like nice nutty and caramelized onion undertones. Well, let me just hang, hang on a sec here. Nutty, caramelized. Yeah, I'm not sure about nutty, but I can tell the caramelized, and that's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have noticed that had you not explained for me to to look at that. The other thing you might be encountering mm. are little um, crunchy cheese crystals in there. Are you getting any Let me just tyrosine see. clusters? Hmm. Well, yeah, much more in this than in the goat cheese we tried or the camembert. I can see that. Yeah, they wouldn't occur in those cheeses, but there's um, they're called tyrosine clusters, and they're clusters of amino acids, and they almost taste a little bit like cheese candy, and you get them in, in the really well-aged um, hard cheeses. They're one of my favorite things about cheese. So we're talking Comte there, and that's near the Swiss part mm-hmm. of France, and great thing That's about right. France is it's surrounded by, you know, Germany, Spain, Italy, and Switzerland, and it's a mesh of different cultures, and I suppose that yes. that shows through in the cheese-making traditions. When you think about traditional cheese-making, I think of a little hut high in the Alps or a cave like we were talking about, I guess, in Normandy where the camembert was, and people will come in there and lovingly brush the cheese and flip it over and age it. Talk for a moment about aging cheese in a traditional French way. Yeah, they do. And uh, and Comte is actually a really interesting cheese when it comes to aging, because the way that cheese developed in Comte was very communal. Um, they would make cheeses together in the village. They would make this big cheese. And then as time went on, they started aging it communally as well. And so one of the places I visited was called Saint Antoine. It's the Marcel Petit Fromageries in the Jura. And it's this underground fort that they've converted into a cheese aging facility. And they have 100,000 rounds of Comté just in this one facility. 100,000 um, rounds of Comté? Yes. Oh, yes. And, and this it's, stuff is so good. 100,000 rounds of it. Yes. That's an industry. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's a fabulous thing to see. You can tour the facility. And they do what's... This is a bit surprising to people sometimes, but because they have so many rounds now, it's really impossible to go on Flipping all those all those rounds need to be flipped and brushed, as you were just saying, mm-hmm. um, often several times a day, depending on where they are in their aging process. And so they use robotics, um, mm. these robotic machines, to do that. And you'll see them as you're touring it. They they go up and down the aisles, and they've got this kind of hydraulic whooshing sound going on as they flip the cheeses. Okay, enough technology. I'm hungry. We want to go to the next <laughs> part of our cheese course here. How would where would we progress from the the compte? Okay, it's kind of a toss up. The two you have there, one is called a préféré de fromie, which is the, a name that I'm assuming the cheesemaker has invented. It's it's really like a reblochon, which is a well known cheese from the Alps. Well, this is just a classic um, stinky cheese. It's already sort of melting on my plate here, and it's easy that's to spread. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably got kind of an orangey hue to the rind. Yeah, and, it, um, and, yeah. And, and the creamy inside, it's sort of like the melted butter of beautiful cheese, it seems like, or some kind of a... I'm going to just try it here. I was going to say, it sounds like you're, you're edging towards that one, so let's go with that one first. Mm. Okay, that's a, that's a stronger flavor. How does it get... It, why does this have a stronger flavor than some of the others? Yes, yeah, so it's a washed rind cheese. And what they do is during the aging process, they wipe the surface of it down with, um, it, it can be various things depending upon the cheese. It's usually some type of a mix of water and, and maybe bits of old cheese. This makes kind of this bacterial stew, or sometimes they'll put a bit of alcohol in there. And it, it encourages a type of bacteria called Brevibacterium, excuse me, linens to grow. 
and that is the same bacteria that makes your feet stink and your armpit smell. It's, um, I thought <laughs> I same. smelled a little bit of yes. foot in there, yeah. And that's right. because they've stimulated the bacteria to just do its thing with a little more vigor. That is right, yeah. So exactly. they've really done this intentionally. And for a, they cheese, have. for a person that doesn't like stinky cheese, well, you want to stay away from this. But I would think the mark of a good cheese taster is somebody who gets off on this. Excuse me a minute. It, it, yes, it absolutely is. And in fact, if a French person asks mm. you what type of cheese you like, you should definitely pick a washed rind cheese because they'll be most Oh, that's a good you. tip, should... a washed rind. Yes. Yes, okay. yes. So say a nepoise or something along those lines. That's, mm. that's a, it's readily available in the U.S. Now, we've, we've gone through the whole gamut, but there's one more cheese facing me here. And I understand you finished with a blue cheese. Is that right? Yes, typically. Um, this one is a milder blue cheese, which is why I was saying, uh, you know, it's a mm-hmm. bit was a bit of a toss-up between this one and the last okay. one you tasted. So if, if it were a Roquefort, I would I would always end with the Roquefort. Roquefort is, tends to be pretty strong. Okay. Um, but so we this is Roquefort light kind. It's the form d'Auvergne. It, it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's from the Massif Central. It's from the Auvergne region. Um, you got this great, it's got the, the green or the blue moldy bits in it, and at a glance you go, oh, that's going to be very, very, very tasty, like blue cheese and Roquefort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is it tasting milder to you than a Roquefort, would you say? Or Yeah, it's it's not as sharp as a Roquefort, but it has, right. clearly it's in that family. Yeah. Yeah, we went with that one because lots of people tend, when they hear blue cheese, you know, French blue cheese, mm-hmm. they think automatically think Roquefort, but there's actually quite a number of different blue cheeses in France, so we kind of wanted to explore. And for a lot of people, a little of that probably goes a long way. I love blue cheese. I mm. could sit around eating blue cheese all day. But mm. yeah, some people, um, they're, you know, just a little bit is enough. Kathy, I would imagine sometimes you can actually get too strong of a cheese. Have you ever encountered a cheese that you just thought, whoa, not for human consumption? Yeah, I did unfortunately have that experience. I was in Corsica and I had a cheese uh, they make and it was in fact a washed rind cheese. I won't name it for fear of embarrassing the poor Corsicans who, who do make marvelous cheeses, but this particular cheese was really, really strong, and I unwrapped it, and it, it smelled like dead feet, and it kind of tasted that way, too. Mm. So, I, I yeah, I, I chucked that one. And that wasn't necessarily a, a bad piece of cheese. It was a piece of cheese that just didn't fit your idea of what you wanted to eat. Is that right? Or, or was it, yeah. would it be just a bad piece of cheese? No, I think it, I mean I think that was how it was meant to be. It just mm-hmm. was it was a little too much for me. The other thing that I've had in France that I've found a little bit too much for me, and people don't realize this, but you can actually dry goat cheese. They make hard goat cheeses in France. They make hard goat cheeses in this country now as well. But you can mm-hmm. let them get really really old. And I had one of those once, and it, it tasted texture wise, it was kind of like a parmesan, but it tasted very very strong, and I, mm-hmm. I found it to not be to my liking. And with the wine. Now, how do you do? Do you think much about pairing this with wine, or do you bring out a special wine, or how do you, if you want to get the most out of this cheese course, how would you gild the lily here? Yeah, <laughs> usually the standard advice is to pair with a wine that comes from the region. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the Comte you were tasting earlier, mm. um, you would go with a white Jurassian mm-hmm. wine with mm. that. It varies, though, from region to region because the Camembert, for example, actually the traditional pairing isn't wine but hard cider which tastes really fabulous with camembert. Hard cider. Um, and then, well, that would yeah, make sense because that's the Normandy mm-hmm. thing. You got cider and you got your exactly. camembert. That is exactly correct, yes. Well, I would say out of all of this, you know, I'm a sucker for blue cheese, but I think the um, préféré de fourmi, that's the the washed cheese, what do you call that? Really, the stinky rind the one. The stinky rind I'm one. I, I like that. We've done the whole gamut here, and when we're traveling anywhere in France, when you look at the menu in, in a nicer restaurant or a traditional restaurant, You'll have that option. Even on some fixed-price menus where you get three courses, you can 
replace the dessert with a cheese course. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a beautiful thing that travelers should uh, adventure into, wouldn't you say? Yes, I absolutely agree. If it's something that you tend to steer away from because you're a little bit intimidated by the French cheese, mm-hmm. I would say don't be. The great thing about cheese is you just you just have to eat. You know, you just stick it in your mouth. It's really not, it shouldn't be mm. that intimidating. Little bits with a little sip of wine, and then also you'll get some honey and some pears and some nuts on it in a nice restaurant. Yes. It's one of those opportunities to, it's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter how you're dressed. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. If you sit down in front of a great cheese course in a nice Parisian restaurant or French restaurant, it's hard to get much happier than that. Mm-hmm. The French will tell you that, you know, I said earlier, they call it the soul of the soil, and it's they really feel like it's the essence of the French countryside. It's a way to get a little bit of that, even if you are someplace like Paris. I like that, to get the essence of the countryside. Mm-hmm. Just as France is the most uh, diverse country in a lot of ways you'll find in Europe, it's got a huge diversity of cheese. What are there, 600 different varieties of cheese or something like that? Everywhere you go in France, you should probably make a, a point to be passionate about going with the local cheese. At least give it a shot because that's where you'll experience the pride of the local people and that terroir of drinking a wine and and eating a cheese uh, and and being served by people all who grew up in that same beautiful soil. Absolutely. We've been talking with Kathy Lyson. Her book is The Whole Fromage. Kathy, let's finish with you just explaining here in the United States, if you want to put a cheese course together and you want to um, splice in some French cheeses in a very, very basic and simple way, What are the five cheeses you'd put on the cheese course? It's harder if you're going for specific cheeses. I would recommend going for types. So um, like you've got there, yeah, I would go for a goat cheese, and Mm -hmm. then I would probably um, get a soft cheese like a camembert or a brie. Mm -hmm. I would get a hard cheese like a gruyere, comte, something along those lines. And then you might want to get a stinky cheese just Mm -hmm. uh, if for nothing more than a conversation starter. Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, a blue. But the best way, if you're feeling a little lost, is to really ask. If you're lucky enough to have a cheese shop nearby, um, you can go in and ask the mm-hmm. cheesemongers. They'll be more than happy to help you find some appropriate choices. Sounds like good advice. And if I can recap that and tell me if I've got it right, in very simple layman's terms, you'd have five different cheeses. You'd start with your goat. Then you'd go to a camembert. Then you'd go to a hard. You'd go with a stinky. And you'd finish off with a blue. Yes. Did I get it? Yeah, and you don't have to have five. You could have anywhere from three to five. Yeah, I like Depending five. on your budget. <laughs> hey, yeah. All right. Yeah, five Ka- is nice. <laughs> Kathy Lyson, author of The Whole Fromage. I guess all I can say is merci and bon appétit. Bon appétit to you as well, Rick. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic Europe Through the Back Door, freshly updated this year, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for France, Paris, Provence and the Riviera, and Rick's French Phrasebook. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for France and beyond, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.